Hello and welcome back to the Matinkas podcast. My name is Erolu Abide, your regular host who overshares. And <laughs> today we're going to be talking about um, friendship. And I have one of my friends, Toby Johnson, who's going to talk about friendship with me. Toby, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, but before we continue, I'd like to talk about the fact that, um, one, I think friendship is something that people don't usually talk about enough and we don't give it enough credit as to how much it kind of saves our lives and help us through like dark times and all the other trying times of life um and i think that without friendships i would have been very lost this last one year of perpetual lockdown and having a pandemic so i feel like my friends saved my life and kept me sane this one year and there's no other way to celebrate them than to actually have them on with me to talk about like friendships how they grow friendships like maybe a little bit about our own friendship and the value generally about friendship in the end of the day Yeah, so Toby, what's your concept of friendship? Hmm. What's my concept of friendship? Well, I can't really say I have a concept about friendship, you know, and it's not until now that you're mentioning it that I'm thinking to myself that, you know, we don't generally consider friendships to be things that we take as seriously as we look at romantic relationships. You know, like when, whenever we talk about relationships in general, we always often refer to romantic relationships. But then now we're talking about friendships and that itself is a very valid relationship. And like you said, it saves your life. And I can say the same thing that the friendships for me over the past couple of years have definitely saved my life. So, you know, I, I guess this conversation is probably going to help me kind of understand and find a better way to appreciate and conceptualize and probably make more deliberate um, decisions towards keeping friends and fostering a stronger friendship. Yeah, that's 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 that, I mean, that's that's my answer really. But let me ask you: What were your own friends? <laughs> what 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 was what's your own concept of friendship? Yeah. Now that now, now after I post that question, I actually don't think I need the answer. I feel like um so I was thinking about it the other day that my first friend, I think is my brother, because we're like when we when we're like younger, we're inseparable. And we used to cover for each other when we used to do bad things and lots of things in the house. <laughs> and um it's almost like even till today, if I'm having a bad day or something doesn't seem to be going right. I share with him. I share happy moments, sad moments, dark moments. Like, I share every single thing with him. And it's like almost the idea of knowing that you have a person or concept as it were, what I'll define it as, or what I'm coming to define it as, is having multiple homes with different people. So that are like different people with which I can go to and I can lay myself to rest. And I'm sure that I have a safe place, landing spaces, landing space with this particular person or a particular group of people as it were. Yeah, so that's it. Maybe concepts is too is too heavy a word, or um, a better word would be how 
have you experienced friendship through your lives like through your life like i said um my friends have kept me sane the last one year before that i think that um i've never been very expressive as to like how grateful how important they were in my life and coming into the realization of that has been very like eye-opening and important for me yeah so you know something you just said it, it just kind of struck me and I just remembered how my brother too actually was my best friend growing up or you know my my first friend really because we used to play and he's seven years older than me so it's not like as if we're the same age or close in age or anything like that mm-hmm. but you know with the way i grew up the, partic- the particulars around the way i grew up i had to more or less kind of rely on my brother for a lot of things especially when it comes to like emotional needs and kind of understanding and navigating the world so a large part of my um my concept of friendship is 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 developed around the way both of us kind of related related so i think entering school and um meeting people who you know are from different walks of life because you don't actually meet people for as far as i'm concerned until you enter secondary school all the, all the friends you had in primary school yeah you know we all were largely ignorant and you didn't know anything secondary school when you go to like a boarding house like i did you you realize that almost there's <laughs> people are very from very different backgrounds so it wasn't until i entered secondary school that that i i began to actually meet people and and I began to hold those people to the same standards that my brother has set. And it's only with, it's only in hindsight that I'm actually realizing that that was probably unfair. <laughs> because... Is it like standards that your brother set around how friendships were supposed to be or how interactions with like human beings and stuff like that? Yeah, like how friendships are supposed to be, like how having somebody else's back is or how you know relationships generally are like he was my first friend and he was my closest friend as it were so it's like uh the way the way this is the way you interact with people this is the way people interact with you this is how you relate to human beings so therefore anybody that does not relate in that particular way then they are they are not they're not friends you get Mm -hmm. so i think and with like i said with the particulars of the way i grew up i kind of had a wall you know i had a really large wall so i was friendly but i did not have i I was i wouldn't say i had friendships like that i mean i was a very friendly person but i'm sure if you even if you were to ask some of my early secondary school friends they would probably call me distance or you know not close you know like you know me but you don't know me now that you mentioned that, it made me think about the fact that in 2019, two of the people that I thought I was closest to actually said I was secretive and, and that they didn't really know what was going on in me. And that made me think a lot about like um so many different things. And one of the things was, one, how you how you perceive yourself and other, how others perceive you. Mm-hmm. And like how you think yourself to be as Ore and how another person experiences Ore Olua. In my own head as Ore, I felt like I was sharing every freaking thing about my life with them. Yeah. But they didn't feel they didn't feel that in res- they didn't it wasn't it wasn't like they didn't feel like that was how I was. It, they almost felt like I was holding back because like you said, my brother being my best my first friend, then you go to my mom and my sister. Those are like if I'm thinking about like hierarchy of people that are friends, I think my mom and my sister are about the same level. 
in in terms of like people that I relate with before it gets to my dad. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Day. But the thing uh the thing that I had to think about was um which is something that I wrote down about friendship is you owe the only thing you owe yourself in friendship is to come vulnerable. And I had to start asking myself whether or not I was vulnerable enough in my friendships. And if I was genuinely answering the question, are you fine? Because that's like my own yardstick now for measuring it. Because um usually are you fine connotes two responses? I'm all right or I'm okay. Or are you fine? No, I'm not fine. I'm having a shitty day. Here's why I'm having a shitty day. And let's mm-hmm. talk about why I'm having a shitty day. Or um, are you fine? I'm all right. Because I actually don't feel comfortable enough to genuinely answer these questions. So my yeah, only answer yeah. for kind and of short answer and the long answer. Yeah, short answer and the long answer. If I'm comfortable enough to give you the long answer, then in my books, they're like really high up there. And then the second part is, Am I depriving people of the long answer? People that will actually genuinely be interested in having the long answer. Because there's a there's a world whereby I'm actually also depriving people from that long answer. So it has actually been like really interesting to kind of navigate. So Toby, how often do you answer the question, are you fine truthfully? Okay. So it 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 took me having a girlfriend and not having a girlfriend anymore for me to learn <laughs> <laughs> for me to learn um um openness if that makes mm-hmm. any sense and frankly speaking i'm still learning it because i am not the most open person and i can I'm, i can easily admit that and, i can know. admit that too but <laughs> like, no no because i wait to interject then you're going to continue your train of thought okay i can't remember this day i can't remember the particular year but i was i drove to toby's house and his birthday and toby literally locked himself in his room Let's not, let's not talk about that. <laughs> no, we're dragging, dragging it out. And Toby locked himself in the room. And I went home. And then I think two days after, I told my sister that, oh, let's go to Toby's house. And my sister goes, we are still driving to Toby's house. I'm like, yeah, I probably was having a bad day. Let's go and figure out why he's having a bad day. And so my sister comes with me. And later on, we have like a follow-up conversation. I have a different conversation with my sister. My sister said that I thought I had something very interesting that day that not to... That to understand that people's emotional reactions are not usually about you, and to put your selfish desires aside to actually be present for like like to be present for a person, yeah, that's yeah, it. I mean, so, so yeah, no, like like that opens a whole kind of worms, and I don't think we want to enter or even dive into that. But no, we should we should totally talk about it. <laughs> oh well. But like, as I think, so what? What I was, what 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 I was, what I was saying was that it, it took me basically not me. It took me not having a girlfriend or me, kind of going through the experience of of a close romantic relationship to learn how to be open with another human being or how to kind of bring down my walls and express myself because there are so many there are so many levels to it where you think that okay by having a wall you're safer right whereas you are isolating yourself and it's not safer a lot of things breeding isolation when things are in the dark like i'm sure most of, a lot of us have heard that uh, metaphor things 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 happen in the dark basically bad things happen in the dark so it's very important that you have you are you are in the light and people can like see you and adjust you and correct you. You know, it's a form of pride, in my own opinion, for you to kind of think that oh, you're all right and you don't need anybody's help. You know, mm-hmm. like for example, the Bible says that it was not good for man to be alone. The poet John Donner said that no man is an island of himself. 
you know so it's like a lot of things point to the fact that we are made to be social creatures Beings. that is including mm-hmm. us introverted people who would rather who don't mind our own um who don't mind our own company you know do you I know mean, that actually that, avoid people <laughs> yeah. oh, i used to avoid people too like 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 if i think about the number of people i'm going to meet outside i, I begin to like you know you know how like you want to you're you're you you kind of like pump up for you could get okay let's go i always joke around that i have a people meter so i feel like if i go outside i can't i can't my meter is like full tank when i'm leaving the house I come on after, a while, while. after a while it has gone to reserve and when it has gone to reserve i usually need to go inside and recharge before i can come back and connect to the world but i think mine is worse because there are days I wake up and I don't want to speak anybody's calls. And for that day, there are days I wake up and I put my phone on airplane mode. And if you, by chance, don't have any Apple device, you are not reaching, you cannot get in contact with me for that day. And I feel no remorse about it. Like, so I'm, 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 I'm the exact same way. I'm actually the same way, you know. But like I said, I'm learning that you actually need to make the effort to come out and make meaningful connections because one of the most valuable things that we have on this earth are people they are the most valuable resource you can ever have and it's something i always say and keep saying and so you find out that if down the line you want to if you if let's say for example for the more ambitious ones of us out there you want to build an empire right you have these big dreams of building like an empire a conglomerate you know and everything like that you need to build you need you need a lawyer you need a physician you need somebody in marketing somebody in advertising somebody in computer development somebody you know you need a large number of people and then you don't have money right <laughs> you don't have money to start paying all these people off <laughs> don't you think it is more reasonable for you to make connections with people who have your back? Yeah. Who basically take off the loads of all those things? Because even if even if you say, okay, I'm new, what I don't need anyone. I want to learn everything. There are not enough hours in a day for you to for do you to it. Learn everything. Mm-hmm. And even if you say, okay, fine, you do it and you learn everything, you do it right. You there's there is literally a glass. There's there, not a glass ceiling. There is a limit to which you can get to before you can attain success. A, a a higher degree of success. Yes, you'd you probably do a lot of great things, but nobody's going to know you for a lot long. You're probably going to die after a few years of doing that every Toby, day. Toby, I'm just sleeping. getting very morbid. Stop. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you get the point. The point is that in in multiple in multiple facets of life, you need people. If you want to be yeah, successful, you need, like you need people. people. You need yeah. a healthy network of people. If, if it's in business, you need people. If it's for mm-hmm. your emotional state, you need people. So, yeah. you know, I'm learning that it's important for you to kind of make conscious efforts to having and taking care of your friends, as it were. I like the fact that I said conscious. <clears throat> Sorry, I like the fact that I said conscious. So, I recently quit my job. It's one of the most liberating things I've ever done. <laughs> I, I don't know why laughing about that. <laughs> but it's funny that I quit my job in the middle of a trigger pandemic. But oh my god! No, no, I mean, when you put it like that, <laughs> it's quite, it's quite. Mm. Yeah, so I quit my job, and I quit my job in December, and 
I found that, that I was exhausted and burnt out and all these shitty things that happen when you overwork yourself. But one of the things that I actually kind of realized after quitting my job was I actually had not been talking to many of my friends as much as I would have liked. And there's there, there was like this sense of disconnect that had, that had happened between me and so many of the people that are usually in my circle. And there was something you said, you said about consciously connecting with people. So during, um, I think, Almost a year ago now, when lockdown initially started, Toby and I go, oh, we'll be having Bible studies on Wednesdays. So our Bible studies usually run for like two hours. One hour Bible study, one hour discussing abstract life philosophies and never finding <laughs> answers to it. But I gradually realized that um, over like the last two months, I've had so much more time on my hands to talk to people, to catch up on things that are going on with them, to see how I can support and to see how they can better support me. It's almost like, if you there's so much there are so many things that are always happening in life so if you are not deliberately putting out time to make sure that you're connecting with people that matter to you and people that are important to you those relationships will actually just pass you by not because um not because you want it to be but because you're not putting enough effort into it and things like that so i feel like i've learned that in the, in the last two months i've learned that it's so important and i think i was having this sideway conversation as to how do you ensure that even when I go back to working, because I intend to go back to working at some point. Thank God. How do, <laughs> how do I make sure that I actually keep up this um time of speaking with people, of actually deliberately talking to people? I hate texting for, for starters. But I finding that setting up like the odd Google Meet call or planning down time to actually have a um, video call with a friend or have a, an audio call with a friend is so important. And like it's like it's like lifeline in the end mm-hmm. i figured that what had been sustaining me for so long was unhealth my unhealthy habit of staring at excel sheets because i'm an accountant so staring at excel sheets replying emails those kind of things that had been what was keeping me going and that that's actually unrealistically so it's not sustainable in any way because retirement will come <laughs> i won't go and create work for myself when retirement comes it's going to be the people that are going to become important at that point so consistency and consciously um, making sure that you have time for people yeah those things are really important then we're, we're studying <laughs> let's, not talk about, let's not talk about what we've been studying let's just let's leave it, let's no, leave it. i think i was out to make a point for me i'll not talk about exactly what we've been studying but i'll talk about jonathan and david in the bible okay all right yeah good their friendship has been their friendship has actually quite been inspiring in the sense of how kind of like committed they were to each other like mm-hmm. to the extent of like brotherhood and being able to call out like i feel like i want to imagine that they used to call they called out each other's bad behavior <laughs> yeah you know so that that is heavy thing so i've i've actually i've heard a lot of people mention jonathan and david's friendship mm-hmm. in the past and I, n- I never really cared much for what they were talking about because as far as I'm concerned, you are just looking for some kind of, you know, you're, you're looking for anything you can find to kind of make it biblical, make friendship a biblical thing. So therefore, you know, let's just use Jonathan and David. But now that, now, now that I think about it, and I was also going to mention before that, I don't know, this whole idea of putting friends around you, is that is that the result of us getting older? Of you because we, <laughs> we are gradually approaching 30. <laughs> well, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I realized that even in death, 
David was still a loyal friend mm-hmm. to, to Jonathan. Yeah. And that's deep, you know. And like you said, you probably think that they were that they were able to call out each other on their rubbish. And that is one of the more key things in a strong friendship, you know. So if anybody's if anybody was taking any notes. Yeah, if so if anybody taking any notes, here's something, you know. Um, um good friendships are like this. Number one, being able to call somebody out and on their BS. Uh, and their BS and you not uh, neither one of you getting offended unnecessarily or the friendship scattering. You know, mm-hmm. because you need to have people that you're accountable to. And accountability means vulnerability, and vulnerability means your beer <clears throat> is open Self. to <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's open to them. And they can mm-hmm. say, Nope, you did not you did this and you shouldn't do that. You know, and you know, it, it, and it's a multiple it could be in multiple facets of your life or in one one part of your life, whatever. But you need to be able to accept that feedback and trust it. You get and I think probably that is that is something that for me was a little difficult to um take when I was younger. Oh my god, look at me see when I was younger. Oh Lord. Third day. <laughs> but 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 it was it was because I really did not trust the opinions of another person. It's not that I was proud, but that I did not trust that what they were saying was my, was in my best interest. I wasn't proud. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I don't say no, no. I feel like I'm at this point where I'm open to accepting that there might have been some form of pride in my life at different points in time. That it's okay for me to say it out loud in my chest that there was. Um and and <laughs> yeah, but I'll let you continue. Yeah. You know, same, definitely. But I don't think this case is one of those things where I don't think it was pride. I think it was just trust issues, you know. Okay. It was just trust issues. That's you know, it's mm-hmm. it's like it's it's, it's, me, it's me taking a, it's oh, it wasn't this big issue. It was this big issue. Yeah, <laughs> so stopping no. the bigger issues. <laughs> yeah. So I was it was definitely trust issues, and that is as a result of a bunch of other things in my life that had nothing to do with with my friend. And but basically, I didn't think I didn't think I trusted what they had to say because it felt to me like they had ulterior motives that were not mm. in my own best interests. So mm. we bring me to sort of the question is that do you do you think that you can have a friend you can enter a friendship without on without an ulterior motive. Ulterior motive sounds a little bit sinister. Let's just say without a motive. I don't think friendship starts without motive. Because now that you mentioned it, they actually, as int- as introverted and as, as bad I am as actually starting relationships, they're actually people that have gone out of my way to make sure that they are present in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I'm a stalker or anything, but I just kind of made them, maybe we're all stalkers, rookie, but let's leave that. I mean, just but I, I, just kind, I just kind of met them and I liked their vibe. I liked how they communicated. So... I maybe followed them on Instagram or requested, oh, can we hang out and grab a coffee or can we have lunch together? And kind of inst- instituted myself in their lives to just kind of find out more about the person. And I think ulterior motive may sound like a really heavy word, but <laughs> the definition clearly captures what we are talking about. I think at the heart of it, we all don't want to be by ourselves. 
So if you look at it from that angle, the fact that we actually don't want to be alone, alone, alone in the sense of the word without having like any support system or anybody else that is present in our lives, then yes, we all kind of go into friendships and relationships with that ulterior motive of not wanting to exist by ourselves. And yeah, I think the hallmark of like, Adding on to that is like the importance of actually having those difficult conversations of calling each other out and like things that are not like character flaws or things that you as a person need to kind of improve on or handle situations better and things like that. I think those things are important. And I've definitely handled them poorly in the past. That's why as we are getting closer to our third decade, we should be better but i feel like it's so important like people that can navigate it and have like donkey years of friendships are like in my head are like the ogs of these things yeah i mean we we have been talking about our own friendship now we have been what we've been friends for how many years now i actually have no idea that is weird let's see maybe 10 20 2012? We're in 2021. Yeah, so maybe about 9 or 10 years. About 9 or 10 years. My God. Yeah. My well, actually, it doesn't feel that long in hindsight. I don't long. know. Because we've been, we've been doing all like all this cool stuff together. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. And, and there's a lot more in our minds to get done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I feel like we, we pack our time. We Okay, so segue. Toby's in a band. So I feel like we spend so much of our time jumping from one concert to another concert when we both lived like in the same continent and in mm-hmm. the same country, in the same city. So we went to a lot of concerts together. And I feel like when you're doing things that you and your friend kind of have in common, the time just goes by. It's like, it's never really enough to kind of like capture the essence of like all those like different, different things that you want to do. And we are idea beings. Like every single week comes with a new set of things that we want to work on. Yeah, so I feel like that's why the time has passed away. So well, I remember. I, th- I think I remember, that's important, I, though. I yeah, mean, before like you say what you want to say. Okay, say no, say, say, work say. On. I should say, no, I'm just saying that I remember the f- very first thing I wanted to work on. So, segue again. We went to Babcock University, and that's where we met. And we kind of were, were, were bonding over our shitty experience, basically. It's not that Babcock has been holy shitty, but it's just. I said shitty so much in this podcast. It's not like Babcock <laughs> as a whole is a bad place or a bad experience. But if you don't go out of your way, there's no guide to how to have a good time at the university. Mm-hmm. Like there was no guide to how to meet people that were like you and things like that. It was always like the, all you were supposed to do was go to class and that was the end. If you didn't go out of your way to connect with people, you were not going to find your own place. So Toby and I had this brilliant idea with our friend Mirwa that we're going to kind of build a handbook to help people find clubs, find their own kind of people and things like that. It never took off. <laughs> I still have the drafts on my computer, actually. <laughs> we actually started the drafts and we, we did like a lot of work. We tried to pitch it to a person. But I think that the main reason why I not take off is that the only person that supported us on student faculty went away on a sabbatical. That's what I'm going to blame that on. Like, that's the person that I choose to blame for, you know, taking off. Can you remember? Because she went away. She moved away for like a year. But it was it's one of those ideas that I would like to revisit among many ideas. Many ideas. Yeah. Well you were going to say you're going to make a point around shared interest. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I would definitely like to revisit that idea. I've always been thinking about going to like a school and finding one student there and telling them that, don't you think this is a good idea? You should do this. I can help you. I would I would mentor you in this thing. 
maybe maybe one day i'll do that but you know that's by the way so yes i think it was actually it's actually quite important that you genuinely find people you find people that you genuinely have interests similar interests with you know and that for me is 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 it, it speaks to the importance of actually having genuine interests because a lot of people don't have genuine interests of their own they have interests because of other people like they like things because another person likes the thing not because they genuinely like the thing you know mm. so i think so it's very important made you like i said anything that i've dragged you along for that i did not like i, I feel like as if you probably you probably made me like reading much more than i not not like it but read much more than I would have. I feel like I make everybody that I come in contact with read much more than they should have, that they would have read before meeting me. Because, yeah, like, and, and that's list of things. Really. Jesus, my family, then books and friends. Sometimes there are some friends that read that are book books, bro. It's very shaky. Like, if I'm having a bad day, buy me a book, my day has turned around. Ah. Yeah, but yeah, so I I I think that is very. That's probably the reason why we, because like the friendships are to purpose. Like there's there is mm-hmm. there's a purpose for why you are doing what you're doing. There's a purpose for the friendship. Like you know, it's not it's not like as if okay, we're going to go and write a make write down on a contract or anything like that. But we both know that this is what we're trying to achieve. This is these are the things that we're trying to achieve, and we're doing that. You know, it's, it's like almost it's almost like um a a it's actually almost like a like a like a work and like a work arrangement. This is the reason mm-hmm. why you're here, and this is the reason why you're, mm-hmm. this is what you're going to be doing while you're here. You know, so is you know even in friendships you have to DTR, man. You know, d- define the relationship. <laughs> you know, I've known DTR as a word in such a long time. <laughs> I don't even know why I pulled you from honestly. <laughs> Yeah, it was such a huge thing, like in our early twenties. Jesus, we're talking was. about early twenties, just like stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I don't want. Well, segue to me. How do you feel about aging? Um. Well, honestly, I forget. I forget mm. that I'm. I actually forget that I'm aging because it's it's not until I come in contact with another human being outside of my house, which because I don't leave my house very often these days, you know for obvious reasons <clears throat> pandemic <laughs> but it's not until i come in contact with another human being whom i haven't met before that and they call me sir that and i realize mm. ah, am i am i actually that old or i see a kid and the kid is running and me I'm, I'm i want to start running with them or i see them playing i want to probably play with them and then they now look at me and they kind of start looking down and being all shy and childlike and then like mm, good morning, good glass, sir. and i'm like oh yeah i'm old <laughs> I, I feel like we're having opposite experiences because i feel like i'm aging i'm aging i'm aging in reverse <laughs> what are you benjamin starters, and I, I think so for starters i actually don't look my age every other time that i go to like the movies or i'm trying to buy a ticket for something Everybody, they always just ask. I always get carded at the movies. No matter what movie I'm seeing, and no matter what I'm going, we're like, please, can you show us your ID to be sure you're up to 18? 
18 years old to watch this movie. Or um, I'm trying to buy a ticket, a train ticket, and they're trying to find out if I'm a student so that I can use student, like, under 18 discounts to get the ticket. So I feel like my aging happens so much internally than it is externally. Like, for you, you go out, someone calls you, sir. Nobody will ever call me, ma, when I go out. Like, I'm five feet, one inch tall. And I do not look like... I can easily wear, like, a proper schoolgirl uniform and bypass as a secondary school student. Nobody's going to argue with me. So I feel... I, I wish I had your, sometimes I feel like I wish I had your experience because so much of it in my own is like, is inside my head. Like, so it's in my head that, oh, you shouldn't be 30. It's in my head that you you need to like do these things, not like physical experiences when I go out. Because if, if I'm judging by my physical experience, I should just go and rebase my best educator and remove 10 years. Yeah. I've thought about that. So that's why I'm after that. Nobody will argue with me. <laughs> <laughs> for me i'm not like i'm not even I'm, I'm not i'm not letting i'm not letting it get to me because i am fully aware of the impact it can have on my mental health fully aware of the kind of mind i have if i think too much about it, if i let it get to me i feel mm-hmm. like it will have some negative re- repercussions so i'm just i'm making i'm taking active steps to getting my life in order so that when i when i am 30 and that inevitable review that we all do whenever we become a certain age, when mm. that when it finally happens, I can look back and say, you don't try at least. At least you've tried. You yeah. Know? I've kind of indirectly been taking stock of, of like the last decade that is leading up into 30. And at first, I, I was having like this existential crisis that maybe I hadn't done X, Y, Z. And... I had not figured out so many things, but I had to stop myself on the track and instead make instead I made like a list of things I'm grateful for. And I realized that actually quite a lot of things that I'm grateful for, a lot of things that I've achieved, some were right in the ballpark of what it was I wanted to do, and others were just like pleasant surprises along the way. So I think I, I'm at this point where I'm going into it half um blast half full instead of half empty. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But we'll soon be 30. <laughs> yes, we will soon be 30. And do you know what? Jesus was 30 when he started the ministry. Joseph whatever, was 30 when he became Zafra Fanea. just stop. David was stop. 30 when he became king. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to console yourself that too, too many things are going to happen when you yes, yes. I feel like that's actually not a bad way to look at it. That's actually a really good way to look at it. Yeah. I choose to look at it the best way possible because I am fully aware. You know, for those of you out there that might have any like um depressive episodes or anything like that, I really I I enjoin you to look things look at things positively as much as possible at all at all times. Like when something good happens, let it be that oh you just got a new mouse or a new pencil. Take stock of that thing. Take, take stock of the positive things. And, yeah. and allow yourself to be happy about it you know I, I i learned that the hard way this is just a random thing for somebody out there listening please i beg you enjoy the little things and move on with life because there are a lot of things to be grateful for the end <laughs> thank you for coming to our TED talk it has been <laughs> really interesting having you guys come on this journey of us discussing our friendship um, I don't think we really talked about like our friendship. I think we just talked about like random things that we kind of do to make sure that we remain friends. Yeah, I mean, well, we've managed ten years, so 
Yes, to them more. If you guys want to hear us talk about our actual friendship and the steps that we take to maintain it, because I currently live in Lagos. I don't think we. I don't think we take any like specific steps or anything like that. Well, I think they're they're not. They're not. They're not conscious, but they are. Mm -hmm. They are. They are quite specific because the decision for us to do our Bible study every Wednesday Wednesday. is yeah was was Mm -hmm. deliberate. Making sure yeah. to check up on somebody every now and then, or just run, you know, is deliberate things, you know. So if yeah. you guys want to hear other things that we do or have done, and our adventures, we've had many adventures, you know, drop a comments or something. Let us and know. Yeah, yeah. I you know or will invite me back and you hear my voice again. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So thank you for listening to the I think that's podcast. Um, like, share. Um, subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and stay, stay, stay happy. Stay true. Stay you. And I definitely love you. And please to keep trying in the pandemic. Bye bye.